ready for it? Welcome to Enchanted, a Taylor Swift podcast. For us three Swifties, this is our holy ground. Every episode will consist of us breaking down a Taylor Swift song based on her lyrics when she wrote the song, our own connections to the song, and of course, throwing out different theories based on our girl's love of a good Easter egg. Come back, be here every Sunday for a new episode. Welcome back to Enchanted, a Taylor Swift podcast. Today, we are beginning again with Begin Again, one of the classic, I think, um, oh my gosh, totally blanking on the word. Uh, God help me. This is going real well, guys. <laughs> singles, singles that came out for red. Um, I still remember I was a TA at the time and I still remember like streaming it from my phone in the school library, just so pumped that she, you know, had put out this new song It had been filmed in Paris and it just really felt like a whole new beginning for her. So that's my long-winded intro. So Cardi C, Christina, how are we doing today? <laughs> I love that this song on the original, the stolen version of Red, but not the deluxe stolen version, um, just the straight out the gate, you didn't go to Target to buy it version, that this was the last song in there. Yes. Just begin again. And it was just such like a, like, I don't know, gives you chills to think about like, okay, I went through all of those traumatic experiences and now we're going to begin again. And we are like, what's going to happen next? Like, is she going to be happy? Who knows? Who's this person? We don't know. So I just love the poeticness of that. And it was for that reason that when this song did not win album of the year, I was like, this doesn't make any sense with anything because she's literally telling you to begin the album again. She's literally saying, go, go through it again. Go through what I just went through again. Listen to it all over and tell me that you, you don't feel the same emotions that I felt during the process of making this album. And so that was the one I, I'm glad Christina brought that up. Cause I, I was, I was like, we need to talk about how on the fundamental stolen version of the red album, not the deluxe version, but the main, I know just come down. Sorry. My dog groaned at me. So I, she, he's I really, she, was, uh, really upset. It didn't get album of the year too. Yeah. Um, but I, I was like, it just, it's so perfect that this is the last song on that album technically just because it there's so many different poetic meanings behind why this song had to be the last song on the stolen version original red so i just love it it's such a I'm, good song i'm looking at the um the genius explanation of it or like on the gene whatever mm-hmm. on genius.com Genius. um and i just Again, I'm like obsessed with these annotations, but the it says Swift closes the tumultuous red album with begin again on what she expresses her hope for a budding relationship while reflecting on past romantic mistakes. It ends the album on an optimistic note, serving as a departure from the themes of heartbreak on songs like All Too Well and The Last Time. 
Swift released a music video for the song on October 23rd, 2012. That's the day I was referring to, the day after Red's release. In the clip, Swift meets a new man in a Parisian cafe, and the two of them roam the city together. Just such a beautiful video. Can we just talk about the video for a second? I I never really wanted to go to Paris so bad until I saw this video. And I was like, wow, wow. And like the style of this video, everything about her. I I just remember being, I think I was what in college, right out of college. And just was like, this is the style I want to have. Did I reach that style? No. But like that very like girly, like throwback to the 1940s kind of just a classic look was just I don't know it just took over everything I wanted to be in life and that purple dress oh all so good the the whole idea of just like reading at a Parisian cafe and then this guy walks in oh man but, but you know I because you just tied it back to take out the music video aspect of it like what if this song was just a song there was no music video to it you wouldn't even need the music video because you can already like mm-hmm. play it out in your head almost like I know this sounds so weird and I've only watched a few episodes of the show every time I hear begin again I think of Gilmore Girls because I think of that like because there was that like diner right and yeah I, I like every time I hear the song I imagine I'm in the diner at Gilmore Girls I know that sounds crazy, but like that's every single time I listen to it. That's it. I I know I do, I have not even watched Gilmore Girls. My cousin Sarah, I hope she's listening. I'm I'm gonna make her listen to this episode because she's gonna cringe. She loves Gilmore Girls, and she made me watch it with her a few times. Why are you laughing, Christina? What did I say that was wrong? No, I Luke's just diner. Love I love that you picture yourself at Lee's diner, and I think every girl who's watched Gilmore Girls does not picture themselves there with this song. Really. With yeah, no Luke with a backwards baseball cap and the flannel oh, and Taylor lurking you, in the background I, and Kirk being weird and stealing splinters yeah. or sweet and lows at the table. I do. I just I think that's where it's supposed. To, like I I get it. Paris is like fundamental cafe type. Yes, that's where it should be. But in Cody's head, he's like Luke Steiner. That's a nice place for this to happen. Well, I think also just sorry, Christina. Just real quick, the the fact that you feel like it's like in a more intimate setting. Like it's again, words are hard right now, apparently, but I I'd like with that, I can understand like, at least with Luke's, like it does feel warm and inviting. I was going to say, even if there wasn't a Paris kind of video, I would still imagine this in like a very like nice coffee shop. Even yeah. if it was somewhere like New York city, I think yeah. that would be the runner up in my mind. Um, just because a there's a lot of imagery of New York City throughout this entire album, but also when I imagine this kind of like hipstery vibe, because that's what the song kind of gives me, of because she's like he didn't he always said he didn't get this song, and just talking about like on a Wednesday in a cafe, and like James Taylor, like those to me are very like hipster kind of yeah like imagery, and this is like the era mm-hmm. of hipsters. I imagine like New York city cafe. So maybe not Paris. Paris was because of the video, but that's what I imagine. Well, anyone who's watched Gilmore girls can make fun of me for selecting Luke Steiner <laughs> as the place where I imagine this to take place. <laughs> Cause I, I just, don't know, but I just assumed that that would be the place. So anyways, 
Um, I just love that you have never watched it for like real. Yeah, never. And you you brought up Gilmore Girls. I'm very proud of you for that. I, I love that for you. So one day we can watch it. Oh, so good. I'll watch so it good. with you. Y'all gotta make me watch all these movies, TV shows. I get ads about Love is Blind and I'm like, I don't even watch this show. I just listen to what Christina and Meredith talk about. So good. Very different from beginning end vibes. So, yeah. I get mad at some guy named Shake and I don't even know what his problem is. I'm just (laughs) mad at him. You should be. Just be be mad at him. Well, I I do want to bring up a lyric um, that's found in the chorus and it's, um, I think it's strange that you think I'm funny because he never did. Oh. And because the reason I'm bringing this up is because I think about this to two songs. Um, the first one is I Bet You Think About Me mm. because she says, You laughed at my dreams, rolled your eyes at my jokes. Um, and the second one is All Too Well. All Too Well. And I was never good at telling jokes, but the punchline goes, I'll get older, but your lovers will stay my age. And I'm just like, girl, I mean, I, because it's, it's, here's the thing. You know, when somebody says something about you that you know at its core is fundamentally wrong, but you're, but you can't like, and you want to change that person's opinion, but you're like, there's no way, there's no way that you can possibly change this person's opinion. You're just stuck with it. And it's stuff like this that I go, oh my God, she got the last word. She got to, like, she is the one who's laughing now because she is making millions of dollars on this record. And in three different times than Red Taylor's version, she talks about how, okay, I guess I wasn't funny to you, but at least I'm funny to some other people. So I, I just, I love that line. Um, and I also love that line because it shows as you go through love or as you try to find love or, you know, find your person or whatever, um, that you don't have to settle. You don't have to put yourself down. You don't have to minimize yourself for everybody else's comfort. You can be the person that you really want to be. And that person will love you, period. And that's what, at the root of it, this specific line in this song means to me. So that's what I just, I had to go on that rant for just a little bit. So thanks for joining me on that journey. (laughs) I mean, I totally agree with you as someone who, you know, is just in the early stages, even though it doesn't feel like that, of a relationship, you know, re-listening to this song and and looking at the juxtaposition of this original man who like, she thought she was so deeply in love with who kind of put her down or didn't kind of put her down, gave her crap for the things that she liked and believed in. And now she has this new guy who is, seems to be very present and is there for her. You know, these are similar things that I'm experiencing. And so again, it's that, like you said, Cody, that evolution of realizing what your worth is not, feel like you have to settle, you know, just being even shocked or in awe of the fact that somebody is allowing you to be you or, you know, just is in awe of you 
and what you can bring to the table. I just, I know that I have a, even a new, more good God <laughs> appreciation for this song, you know, 10 years later and like a, what feels like a whole lifetime of just like challenges over the past few years. This, like, I, I get where she's coming from on such a deep level. Yeah. And she takes the evolution like one step further when she gets down to um the bridge where she's like, we started walking down the block to my car and I almost brought him up. But then you started to talk about the movies that your family watches every single Christmas. And I want to talk about that. And for the first time, what's past is past. And it's like that evolution has come to it's like ending where she's just like, yeah, I no longer actually care about anything that happened before with he who must not be named. Like we're moving forward. And I finally, I finally don't want to talk about it. I don't even want to harp on it. I don't want to do anything with that. I want to talk about you and your family's traditions and get to know you more and let things really start their natural cycle of beginning again. It's just, it's such a, just a poetic song. And I we're also, all speechless. I know. <laughs> uh, so I, I think that, you know, we've kind of dove into the, the nitty gritty aspect of this song. I do want to ask your opinion on something because, you know, I'm gay. So I, I like to ask questions. Um, okay. As straight women, or I, I'm pretty, I'm assumably straight women. That's, I, I I'm just going to say that you are because you're in a relationship with cisgender men. Anyways, um, <laughs> do you really like it when a guy pulls out your chair and pushes it back in? Like, is that like a thing? Do you want, how do you all feel about that? I don't know if anybody's ever done that for me. I'm very self-conscious about people trying to push my chair in. Like, I just feel like I'm too heavy for that. <laughs> Ryan, in case you were listening, Meredith said that um, nobody has ever... <laughs> the chair for her so just take note of that somewhere down the line you might want to squeeze that in somewhere (laughs) but I think I'm with Christina I'd be like am I too heavy for this and then my sister I can hear her voice stop that shaming yourself (laughs) (laughs) well and see I I hate to say that but like it's not the matter of like I I like pulling out a chair, opening a car door or something like that. But like, I, I was always like confused why I was like, I, I don't want somebody to push my chair in for me. Cause like, what if they like hit my stomach against the table or something? Cause you want to be able to put the perfect proportion between you and the table. Yeah. Like there, there's a specific distance that I like for me to be fun. I know this is getting way off topic, but I just had to bring that up because I was like, you know, I don't, I don't think girls actually like their chairs being pushed in. I think she just references it because again, it's one of those classic moves that like a man would have been taught. Yeah. Like a, a, you know, a good breaded man would have been taught to do, especially like in the forties. Bobby Kennedy. Yeah. Like, I mean, for me, my thing is more like open up the door, like open up the door and let me walk through it first or like hold my hand like that type of like walk on the outside of me next to the road. Um, Because that's just like me and my non-feminist beliefs in that sense. But I'm yeah, I think the whole chair thing is, you know, at this point they would pull out your chair, push it in. Then if you'd go to the bathroom, they'd stand up. 
you know, it was just like very much a respect thing. So my guess is that's kind of what she's channeling. Okay. I've never understood the whole stand up. If I'm going to go to the bathroom, please don't draw attention to the fact that I'm leaving the table. <laughs> I don't need you to stand up. Like, it's fine. Um, I don't mind if you open the car door, like when we're getting in the car, but I'm not going to wait for you to open the car door when we're getting out of the car. Oh yeah. No, like that just seems like a waste of time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm all for the handholding. And like, if you're going for together in public at a party or something like being there and yeah. not just leaving me behind, but yeah, I do think it's like a, that whole kind of respect thing. Whereas maybe her past relationship with certain people that was not happening. They were dropping her hand and leaving her. Yeah, there was behind. like no respect. Yeah. yeah. So I think she's just trying to draw that parallel of like my relationship beforehand didn't happen. And she does that the whole time. Like the whole, it, the way it starts, like he didn't like it when I wore high heels and he didn't like my songs and he didn't think I was funny. And like, she does that throughout until you hit that bridge where she's like, for the first time, I'm, I don't care about any of that. I'm not comparing anymore so oh and I just had a thought as you're saying that the fact that um she references James Taylor um yeah you see, oh well he, her new bow says you had never met one girl who had as many James Taylor records as you and for her to reference that knowing that that's like her namesake you know, like, what did he think of that? Like, was he very much anti James Taylor? Did that not fall into the indie situation? Mm-hmm. When clearly for her and her family, James Taylor is very much a staple and a, and a, a connecting force for them. Yeah. I mean, I think we've all probably been there where you finally meet that person. Meredith, you're in that relationship. I'm in that relationship. Cody, you've been married for a while, but I know you can relate to this. Um, the person who was singing, we we're never getting back together um, at the top of his lungs <laughs> to somebody. Um, but we've all been like when you started a, a new relationship, no matter if it's been eight months or longer since your last one, you do that thing at the beginning where you sort of compare the like with all of your past relationships until there hits a point where you just don't even think about your past relationships. And I love that she kind of illustrates that throughout the whole song, like how that goes. And it might be as quick as your first date. It might be as quick as six months down the road, but I think it's, that's why it's relatable. Absolutely. Well, it, to me, it sounds like we are ready to give some ratings ladies let's do it i guess i'll start if that's okay go for it i'm i'm gonna give it a 13 i know i just did it for the last song but like for me personally it's the placement of this song on the og album like that's that's what sign seal delivered you got me stolen like you that was perfect placement it was so well thought out can you please stop that's a headphone i don't understand why you're fascinated with my headphones today (laughs) um that was my dog interrupting me everybody um (laughs) anyways i i just love this song and i love where it's placed i love everything about it 13 out of 13 from cardi c christina Oh, you're going to make me go next. Oh, yeah, girl. This one is such a hard one. 
but I think I have to agree that it's a 13 for me just because it's just so poetic and it really brings every time I listen to it it brings me back to that time back to when it came out Mm -hmm. and I had it had been a while since I had suffered that heartbreak but like this song was like one of those songs that was like we're gonna put ourselves out there again like we're gonna we want that begin again kind of relationship so yeah it holds a very special place in my heart so 13 for me see I was very hesitant for a second to go with a 13 but you know I'm I have to jump on this bandwagon I just think it is again just so well done the music video stands out in my mind and normally I'm not one to like attach a song to a music video but just how she brings all of it together. And maybe I'm also partial to the song, just given where I am at this stage in my life, where I am beginning again in multiple ways in my life. Um, But yeah, 13 all the way. Oh, it's two in a row. Two in a Ah, row. Diggity dog. What have we become? People are going to be like, they're not real fans. They can't give Taylor (laughs) less than 13 out of 13. (laughs) I'm pretty sure on Sad, Beautiful, Tragic, I gave it a nine. And stay, stay, stay. I don't think any of us gave it near a 13. No, I definitely did not give it a 13. So with all that said, we really hope that you listen to this podcast again and begin again. This episode was sparkling. Don't you let it go. We are just as excited to meet and connect with you as you are to meet and connect with the one and only Taylor Swift herself. So... Go follow us on Instagram at EnchantedPod and tell us your theories, favorite songs, and so much more. See you there.